Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce show and today I'm here with the CEO of Polysleep, Jeremiah from Montreal, Canada and I'm really excited because uh, Polysleep is not the first company uh, that sells mattresses. Uh, we had Helix, I think more than a hundred episodes ago and uh, if I'm not mistaken, they are more in the US, Polysleep is more in Canada, so I'm just I'm really curious how their company is different. And I think many listeners, they, they know uh, Helix, uh, Polysleep and, uh, and Casper is another big name. So there are many big names in this uh, niche and it's a very interesting niche. So Jeremiah, how are you today? Good to have you here. I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for, uh, for having me on this podcast today. So let's start with the with the early days. So when did you start the company? What was the original vision? Maybe how have it changed since then? And uh, are you the only founder of the company? Tell us more about the early days. Yes, uh, it is an interesting story indeed. Um, what happened was six years ago and, and prior to starting Polysleep, I have been in the marketing and MarTech industry for roughly about 12 years. Um, so I had a strong marketing background and uh, I've always been fascinated by e-commerce, generally speaking. Um, unfortunately, in Montreal specifically and in Quebec, six years ago, there were not a lot of very, uh, I would say, large e-commerce company. It was still something that was slowly growing. Uh, and a good friend of mine uh, who happens to be our biggest phone producer right now, uh, still as, of we sp uh, as we speak, told me that he was um, acquiring this line that would allow pretty much any mattress to be rolled, packed in a box and shipped directly to a consumer. And the reason why he was acquiring that was actually because of, uh, like you mentioned, Casper uh, was starting to penetrate the Canadian market. And I found that fascinating that uh, such a large item would finally be able to be shipped directly to consumer. Because one of the biggest yeah. issues direct-to-consumer brand will ever face is anything associated with supply chain and logistics. So I found the idea interesting and he told me, you know what, we, we should look at potentially uh, do something or I think you could do something based on your expertise in marketing and, and, and all that. And uh, it just stayed like that because uh, I was still working in that industry as a consultant back in the days until uh, I suffered from a double herniated disc and I got bedridden for three months. <laughs> so at that specific moment, I was like, wow, I'm going to spend three months in bed. Let me call back my friend and see like, hey, you know what that idea we had? Um, let's start working on some prototype. And, and as we speak, we're going to start working on the brand because I can't do anything home. I can't go see any customer, I'm stuck in bed, um, and I sleep terribly. My girlfriend is sitting next to me, I want to cry. I move in my mattress, I want to cry. So I'm probably the good candidate to be very selfish and make the mattress that's going to be the most comfortable and help me recover faster. That's really how we created Polysleep, you know. Uh, I was testing so many different uh, iterations of our first mattress, the, the, the Polysleep mattress, uh, we went over 23 different iterations uh, to finally come up with a product where I was happy. Uh, and also I saw a difference in my recovery. How much time was it, by the way, 23 different variations? Uh, it took about six months. So we went quite fast. Okay. And the reason is because our process, and it still is our process right now, was really uh, focused around 
fast iteration, fast prototyping, going with a really MVP method. So the first thing I had to learn a lot about was foam. Uh, because one of the construction I had at the time, the original mattress I had, it was a very high-end mattress, but it was a spring mattress. And spring tend to transfer motion a lot more. So when yeah. you have two herniated discs, if someone sits next to you or if there's a bit of motion, it's so painful. Uh, which is why I looked at construction that back in the days were similar to, you know, anybody knows Tempur-Pedic or, or, you know, these brands. Uh, so I was looking at a, a, a foam exclusively construction. And we've developed our own foam. Uh, so we've picked, for example, uh, antimicrobial products from the bariatric and medical industry. So our foam are ISO certified, same level. Um, we got inspiration from the old inner spring mattress that had a support frame around the whole construction. So that allowed further uh, isolation in, in terms of motion transfer. So we did a lot of tests, uh, a lot of foam uh, test as well, not just the construction to come up with the product we have today. That really is how it started. Uh, and fast forward six years, uh, we've been more than three times amongst the fastest Canadian growing companies. Uh, and and that's, that to me is astonishing because we're against, you know, uh, cannabis company or finance company. So to sell mattresses and have that type of growth is amazing. Uh, it comes with challenges, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Six years uh, later, we're, we're doing quite well in Canada. We're, we're also selling a little bit in the U.S. And we're planning uh, a large wholesale expansion as well as we're getting into more and more uh, brick and mortar stores. Amazing. So when I visited your website, I could see your guarantee offer, which is, uh, if I remember well, uh, 10 years guarantee that you have now. Yeah. yeah. And how calculated is that? Because I think Casper, they had a lifetime guarantee but we know the the story of casper what happened so probably you don't want to over promise and i think 10 years is still amazing i mean i, I never had a mattress for 10 years in my life i think so I, you just, just you just said it um here's the thing with yeah. warranties any warranties mm -hmm. in our industry uh require one and a half or usually one and a half to two inch of deflation on the mattress if that happened, you're going to sleep terribly. Your, your mattress is already done. So I could put 25-year lifetime, 50-year warranty. But ultimately, and as I said, there's also a reason we use antimicrobial foam. It is a sleeping surface. You're going to spend 8 to 10 hours a day, ideally, maybe 6, if you work too much like, like us, um, on your mattress. And that basically, the, the, the sweat, uh, dust mites, your, your skin will create contaminants that over time will make that surface less hypoallergenic. Uh, there's potential for bacteria proliferation, dust mites, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not, is this mattress going to be great in 15 years? Well, if you light, if you're light and you know you don't have three kids jumping on it every day, yes, it's probably going to be okay. But for health reason, you should consider changing your mattress for health reason, but also because technology evolved every seven to 10 years, which is the reason why we, we like you said, we don't want to go over the top and say, oh, you're going to have that mattress for 25 years. Uh, it goes against what we're suggesting. So it's more of a marketing gimmick, you know, the years of warranty. People think it, it is associated with, you know, the, the, the quality of the product, where in reality, yeah. anybody and everybody should consider changing their mattress at least every 10 years, if not seven to 10, like I said.
Yeah, yeah. and I think that 10 years is, <clears throat> is, is a, it's a long time, but it's still reasonable. And as you said, everyone should change their mattresses like every 10 years, even sooner. Yes. Yeah, which health. is why we, we base our warranty on, on that lifespan because, well, after mm -hmm. that, you should change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started this company six years ago, and as you said, it's fastly growing now. So what was the key of, of this growth, in your opinion? Um, well, there's uh, two main factors for every single company. Uh, rather, they sell goods or service, services. Um, first, to find the right product market fit. Um, you know, who's your audience? From that audience, is there a specific niche? From this niche, can you build up persona? And from their, this persona, uh, does your message and product resonate with them? If the answer is yes to all these questions, well, you already have the first step, which is the most important. The second step, I think after that, especially in, in my industry, is associated with the quality of the product and the overall uh, customer experience. Because you don't buy a mattress every month. There's not a lot of repeat business. So um, the other criteria that are quite important is managing costs per acquisition. Uh, like you mentioned, Casper had a very hard time with that, which led them, unfortunately, yeah. to, to you know, uh, be where they are now. And it's tricky for everyone in the industry, because like I said, advertising costs are going up all the time. Uh, it's extremely important to know how much it costs to acquire a customer and then to make sure that customer love your brand, don't return your products. Uh, and that's tricky because everybody offers that 100-night trial. Um, so these are the key components. If you have the right product, you position it well, then it's all a matter of marketing it correctly. And that basically is just how much money can you can you push uh, in order to get it known by people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the nitty-gritty more. So what were those marketing channels that you used and, you know, those channels that helped you with this growth the most? Yeah, Generally speaking, um, and I don't like to use the, the funnel approach anymore because there's a bit of a collapse there, right? There's certain mm -hmm. tactics yeah. that are considered top funnel nowadays that generates tremendous conversion and, and, and tactics on the conversion side that are just great to ensure proper communication with the customer. So, but ultimately, uh, it boils down to, you know, how does a consumer search for my product? And right now, there's mainly two categories. Uh, it's always going to be at some point with uh, uh, within the digital ecosystem. So uh, we need to be there. It's SERP dominance. So that includes SEO, paid media. Uh, a, tricky, a tricky thing for a lot of brands that are direct to consumer is the local pack. So local searches. How can you secure visibility when someone add a city to his search? You know, if someone looks for the best mattress in Canada, I'll have the odds through affiliation partnership, paid media, SEO strategies to appear. But if someone looks for best mattress store or best mattress in Montreal, being a brand, the first thing that's going to appear is the card, you know, on Google with the map. And if I don't have a specific location there, it's going to be very hard for me to rank. So this was another strategy we put in place. Uh, and which is what we're really advocating this year. It's getting into stores. Uh, once you're able to answer that question, a consumer will either start researching online and compare online. So, okay, I'm interested yeah. in, in spring versus foam. 
So it's all about, in our case, affiliation. So a lot of websites that give uh, very complete and, and accurate reviews of a brand versus another. Uh, so have a good positioning and good ratings on these websites is critical. Uh, and from there, uh, once a customer, you know, is debating between a brand or another, often what happens is that he's either going to look at the website and, and try one of these, or he's going to go into a store and try one of these. That's that's pretty much how how people, you know, will buy a product. So <clears throat> our goal was to say from the get-go, where are the low-hanging fruit? We need to build a brand. You don't build a brand by being on Amazon only, right? You build a brand by having strong storytelling, a strong website, good presence, you know, through affiliation with people uh, that, that trust, uh, TV show, sponsorship, things like that. So that's what we focused on earlier in the stage. Uh, and that's what that's where we build that brand recognition. Once we had that, it's about, like I said, SERP dominance, then affiliation. And now what we're building is presence wherever the potential customer is going. So that includes Costco, Amazon, Wayfair, uh, even Walmart, Best Buy, marketplaces, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere who, saw, who, who, who a potential customer could be to buy a mattress, we want to be present there. That's the idea. Are you thinking about maybe traditional marketing channels like TV, radio? So, well? the, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we do currently uh, a bit of television. Uh, one thing we do, that's a bit of a scoop. Um, rather than going through traditional advertisement, uh, so buying through publishers such as Bell Media in Canada or, you know, uh, networks in the, mm-hmm. in the U.S., uh, we try to do integration within specific show. So, for example, we sponsor Big Brother. So within Big Brother, anybody who's become the patron will have an interaction with our brand within the show rather than buying TV spots. Uh, because that allow a connection and trust with the audience at a better level than um, any form of marketing. You're basically stealing time from someone in exchange yeah. you know, to monetize the content they like. So I, I would much rather, you know, we do both. But if we were to do YouTube uh, invest, if we were to invest on YouTube, we're going to invest in pre-roll, things like that. But usually we're also going to sponsor within the show, you know, being an active sponsor yeah. because you're interested by that content. You're not watching YouTube to see ads. So traditional is our approach. We also do a lot of out of home. Um, so in gyms, gas station and shopping mall. Uh, so that people uh, who are actively, you know, present physically within store have the opportunity to be exposed to our brand as well. Yeah, I think that's, it is great that you, as you mentioned, uh, instead of interruption, you rather want to sponsor the show and you want to contribute to the content of the show. Yeah. And the people, they can relate to it more as well. Yeah. It's something very interesting. Yeah. Mm. How 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 are you featured in the in Big Brother? I'm just curious. Yeah, so it's it's actually interesting. And if you go over uh, Big Brother Celebrity, uh, it's it's live now. We had our our first um, activation this Sunday. So anybody mm-hmm. every week who's selected to be the patron, kind of the boss of the house, uh, yeah. their master bathroom is our higher end product, and they have a nice little purple boxed, uh, you know, the colors of our brand, Polysleep. And within that box, there's a card saying like, congratulations for winning this position this week. The good news is whatever happened, when you get back home, you're going to have the same mattress with you. 
Uh, <laughs> and usually we film their reaction. They're extremely happy about that. They're super ex excited about uh, knowing that they're going to sleep well there compared to anywhere else in the house. And, and they're going to have the same sleeping experience when they get back uh, home. Uh, and, and that's the first, uh, the first interaction. The others are going to be slightly different, but around that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so let's talk about retention because that's my and my company's core area. But I know <laughs> with a with a mattress company, um, it's something very tricky. We work with uh, at the moment we don't work with any mattress companies, but we work with very like a, actually quite many furniture and home decor companies, mm -hmm. and they also have high ticket uh, products. And uh, surprisingly, their retention rate is is very good. So. But when the AOV is high, in many cases, this is a problem. Expensive jewelry could be another one, or maybe car parts, uh, another example. Yeah. So how do you deal with it? How do you retain the customers? So I'm going to start with one thing that's going to be a good prerequisite. And I'm going to ask you this question. I rarely do that in podcasts. What is the brand and model yeah. of your, your current ah. mattress, the one you're sleeping on? Hmm. Um, yeah, so now I'm not in my original home. I'm in Cyprus for one month here. I don't know because this is a rented flat. This is but rent, I think yeah. my original mattress is just from IKEA, really. So, right. And you yeah. wouldn't be able to tell the name, right? So, and, and it's Some all Swedish name. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> IKEA is very hard. But the reason I'm asking that is whenever I do a conference or I have the chance to speak with an audience, this is the first question I'll ask. And about 80% of the people have absolutely no idea past mm -hmm. the first year, if they're lucky, on, on what they're sleeping on, the reason why they truly bought it, and even the model. But if I were to ask the same about a car, you absolutely know which car you're driving, whether it's yeah. a rental or not, right? And the reason for it is uh, we're, we're probably at the bottom of the list of commodities where we're something we're, we're considered an evil necessary. <laughs> you need a mattress because you know it impacts your sleep. But it's not something where a lot of people are thinking about investing until they really need it. So that's the first thing that is an issue in our industry. It's a product that people tend to buy, install, and forget. So one of the reasons um, we, we do so much more content marketing than, than our competitor, if you go on our website under the blogs, we have different subcategories. And we go as far right, right now as even creating bedtime stories for children we have uh, mm -hmm. now invested in, into a full uh, studio in-house and we want to narrate these bedtime stories. We're going to put them on for free on YouTube because we want people to continue to interact with our brand in a relevant manner. So that is the biggest challenge. Um, and you absolutely need a way for people to uh, continuously interact with your brand so that you can remain top of mind. I think I lost your video. I don't know if you still hear me, Daniel. Yeah, I am. Give okay. Me a second. No problem. Um, so that's the first thing we do, creating a lot of content to remain top of mind. And the second thing is whenever you have an opportunity to communicate with a customer to create a two-way interaction. Um, when we launch a new product, we're going to survey our database of customer uh, by asking, hey, which name of product would you like better, this one or this one? If we had one element to change when you do our when we do our next iteration, what would you suggest? Uh, social media is also a good way to to gather that data. It's all about these touch points, 
um, and and to make sure people love your brand because there's very little attachment to the brand and the product in our industry. Yeah, and uh, I read a book a few years ago. I think it's called uh, Contagious. That is, yeah, I think Contagious. And uh, the guy talked about it that many people, they think that people, they spend the most money for those products which are everywhere, you know, like uh, fashion products, supplements, yeah. they are everywhere, right? But actually, it's not true. There are those boring products like toothpaste or even toilet paper. Yeah. Um, and maybe mattress is in a similar category, as you said, people, they don't know, like they don't talk about it on the street or in school yeah. or workplace, whatever, but they still spend a ton of money because that's a big problem. You spend eight hours on a mattress every day. So it, it doesn't really matter how much people they talk about it or how cool it is. But and, at the same uh, time, like you, you said, it's a huge opportunity because that tap into the, the most important type of marketing, which is, you know, word of mouth, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you enjoy your product so much that at the next time you, you have a discussion with your brother or a family member, well, the odds are that you might have, hey, by the way, I just bought this mattress. It is incredible. You know, I really didn't thought it would make such a difference. Yeah. And just that for us is the best marketing possible because you're not going to buy another mattress right away, right? Yeah. But you might influence people and you're the best ambassador we could hope for. Yeah, people, they don't talk about it, but if they do, that's very powerful because exactly. I could see other examples if I talk about a toothpaste and actually a few weeks ago yeah. I did because it was so good, it's natural. And uh, my friends thought I'm crazy, like I'm talking about toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. Um, and what channels do you use for retention? So I guess email marketing is a big part of it, but nowadays yes. there are you know, loyalty programs, I think it's especially important in your niche, uh, maybe SMS marketing, anything else, uh, what channels do you use for that? Yes, one that we really like uh, to use is uh, FriendBuy. So it's a referral uh, marketing program tied to our tremendous account. So the way it works is that it incentivizes the, the buyer to refer a friend. And if that friend buys something from us, after the 100 night trial, it automatically give him a $50 or depending a percentage of that. Uh, and one thing we do, if a refer, refer more than two, three, four, five friends, we even invite him to become an affiliate because we're like, hey, at this mm. point, uh, you're a great salesperson. You could make money off yeah. of that. So that's one way uh, where we exploit retention. Uh, email marketing is, is a very complex one because... Retention is, is something where you need to bring tremendous value in the type of communication you do. And, and you need a bit of fear of missing out sometimes and promotions to create conversion through that channel. But every time you do that, you expose yourself to churning and losing a little bit of that audience that you need to constantly grow and replenish. Um, I, I love email, but it's extremely hard to you know do it well. And we've done so many iteration, you know, uh, our flows are getting quite complex, uh, but I think it's a necessity. And the other thing is, I don't like separating, especially on the post-purchase level, mm -hmm. each channel. I think they all play roles within yeah. each other. So to give you an idea, we might use email for confirmation 
on on you know um <clears throat> on uh, purchase confirmation, but we're running tests to see, okay, does SMS make more sense for delivery confirmation than email? And, and we try to, you know, scatter these points with different channels that are more appropriate run from another. Uh, because if you just follow the step and repeat it, meaning that you send post-purchase seven emails and three SMS and, and a Facebook message, uh, the odds is <laughs> you're going to be a little bit too heavy on the customer end. So that's one thing I would say to be very worried and careful about. Uh, don't overdo it in terms of post-purchase and breakpoint. Um, but constant communication is also key, you know, uh, sharing valuable yeah. information. And I would add that I think the higher AOV you have, the this omni-channel approach becomes even more important. Yeah. I will tell you an even higher AOV industry. So there was this company and they sell uh, 3D printers for multiple thousands of dollars, sometimes tens of thousands. And there they use a lot of, um, you know, multi-channel multi or omni-channel approach, like even phone calls, um, email, yep. push, SMS, you know, Facebook ads, TV ads, like almost everything. They are just, they try to be everywhere because they really understand they need a lot of touch point. Yeah. And then obviously when you sell a 20, 30 bucks product, then it's very different. People will buy it from a Facebook ad. So yeah. And, and there's really also a cost reality associated with that, right? So um, ultimately, if you can spend a bit more time or have an extra resource, like you said, doing these follow-up calls and, and bringing that experience to such a high level that you, Daniel, you're like, wow, it's such a good service the odds yeah. that you speak yeah. about our company increase and therefore I might save on how much investment I need to continuously do to reach new audiences. Um, so, so I think there's a balance to, to be, to be made there, uh, but you're absolutely right. The, the, the larger the AOV, um, the more customization and creativity needs to be used to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you also think that the entry barrier is higher and not just in terms of money, but in terms of knowledge that the marketer needs for a higher AOV product? Um, education is complex. It's complex because attention span is, is diminishing year over year, right? People want to understand something in five seconds. If not, they're on to the next TikTok yeah. or reel. Um, so, so it is crazy to a point where I think uh, a lot of companies that are successfully, you know, continue to grow right now have to have an approach of an ad approach where you educate through the frequency. And what I mean by that is um, you need to have a series of ads where you don't try to explain everything at the same time, but you just keep enough attention spent to push the specific part of a message you want to say and the following one to say maybe something else. And the following one to maybe say something else, because ultimately uh, it's very rare nowadays that someone's going to watch a, a two, three minute video and understand everything about what you're trying to say. Uh, yeah. it, it's a war against attention span. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting war. And uh, let's see where this goes in the next year. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's something that you really have to nail nowadays, that uh, you have to know where that person is now in the funnel, like how much they understand the the problem and the solution and your brand and uh, you have to target them based on that so so yeah that's that's a very interesting topic 
and it's tricky with a, with a mm -hmm. cookie-less environment. Um, yeah, it's getting harder. But yeah. there's a way around, like you said, by by having zero-party data and first-party data. Um, yeah, yeah. So I would have a few more uh, personal questions. I'm curious, what was the proudest moment for you with this brand in the last six years? Um, and, and I'm trying to 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 get an example here that is just not typical corporate thing, because you know, uh, anytime we win an award, you know, this year we're we're in, in in the top five in Quebec or or the top fifty amongst mm -hmm. five hundred company in terms of growth. That is amazing. Um, but but there's a couple of examples that we had reviews from a customer. One of them struck me, and I was like, wow, this is why I'm happy that I started that brand. Um, there was this lady who was who was suffering from um, sclerosis, and and she had uh, really really bad pain in her lower back and in her in 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 her hips, uh, and she was she had a quite expensive mattress, and you know um, one of her I think chiropractor or physiotherapists told told her about our brand, um, and she purchased uh, our our higher end mattress, the Zephyr, and just the review she wrote was just so complete and complex and in detail. And she was saying like, this is a life changer. The amount of continuous hour I can sleep without, you know, waking up because I'm in too much, too much pain is a, is a game changer. And, you know, that I think happened a couple of times where, you know, it struck strike you more than ever. And you're like, this is why I'm doing it. Um, it's not just the business. Another thing I'm really proud is, you know, uh, looking in the next, in the last five years, going from, you know, a startup with one at 100 employees to now having over 20 people full time. Uh, we have our full uh, dedicated studio that looks amazing. We produce all our content in the house. Uh, that is just so amazing. Uh, I'm super happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Great to hear this. And I think happy, uh, satisfied customers is one thing for sure for a CEO. But the other source of happiness for CEO is their team, if they are happy as well. And, Absolutely. and you can see your whole, not just the money part, but you, you can afford things such as a studio or, or travel together or yeah. hiking together. And I think those are great moments. You have exp shared experiences um, with your team. Yeah. If, if your team is happy, it's a, it makes a big difference in our life. Because uh, yeah. we wouldn't do it if it wasn't for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, one, so my, uh, my second question, what are your favorite marketing tools and software nowadays? What would you recommend? There's a couple, one that I really like in our industry that made our life, um, easier to manage, um, is, um, impact, which is, a uh, impact. It's, it's a software that allows you to manage all affiliations uh point of contact and and you know payouts and all that uh, I, I love its simplicity and i love its efficiency it's something that um they don't oversell and under deliver whatever you pay for is what you get for it's not necessarily a cheap platform it's quite expensive but they really deliver and it's working very well um another thing i would say is is um how Shopify evolved and the, the capacity to create level of customization within Shopify 
is something I'm, I'm quite happy about. And what I mean by that is it's getting easier and easier now to develop custom app at a very little cost if you have a very tailored need. There's already so many things in, in the marketplace for Shopify, but uh, that, generally speaking, is something where we're quite happy to see it evolve. It's becoming easier and easier and less costly to create something very custom based on your needs on Shopify. Um, and then in terms of um, tools, marketing stack that that I love to use, um, we worked with a company called Happification and uh, they did an amazing job at helping us identifying a persona and, and go as precise as telling us um, who is over-indexing in, in our product category versus our brand recognition in this niche and that niche. So uh, Appification really was great for that. Uh, another one that I really love, which I, I told a little bit earlier about, is FriendBuy. Their referral yeah. friend program is great. Um, and then, you know, the typical Shopify suite after, you know, Clavio, Gorgeous, uh, these software are quite powerful and especially for the price we pay for it's it's quite a, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the number one in Shopify is still Clavio, the number one app, um, but like the top five is really all retention focus, like even Gorgeous, um, Ricard, um, Loyalty Lion, and yeah. there are quite many. So that's a huge area. And my last question, so what would be your number one advice to e-commerce business owners who maybe they are just starting out, they also have a high AOV product and yeah. uh, let's say $500 and they can see, you know, even dropshippers, right? They sell those cheap products and they post the screenshots, they just, you know, set up some Facebook ads or, or whatever. And, yeah. um, and I think this high AOV game is it's more longer it's longer term yeah but um, <laughs> if i could give that advice to me five years ago i would have loved that mm -hmm. and that advice is really about your margin really really be greedy on the margin like one third one third one third and if you can't do that forget it and what i mean by one third one third one third is the product should maximum cost a third of what you're selling it for. That second third will either go into your ad spend or a partner, a reseller, a retailer. People tend to forget that any retailer will usually take, you know, 40 to 60% margin on your product. People think it's crazy, but I'm telling you, renting a space, investing into decoration, hiring staff, all that costs a lot of money. So you wouldn't do a lot better, right? So that other half is going to go there. And the last one is all about how lean and efficient can you be with managing your own business, operation, expenses. Uh, if you want to grow the business, it's going to take you money, right? So that one-third, one-third, one-third rule, uh, don't be too optimistic thinking that 50% is great because at some point it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt your, your bottom line. And I'm sure I'm not the first one to say that, especially nowadays, cash flow is so important because when you go through hyper growth, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And if you don't have healthy margin, it's going to slow you down and it can kill you. And, you know, in my industry, we've already had great example. You know, if you look at Casper, uh, that's exactly what happened. 
and and ourselves you know cash flow is an issue it's always a struggle you're always like it costs a lot of money to produce these goods and you want to get them out to the consumer as fast as possible but if you don't have enough on hand customer don't want to wait nowadays they expect a second day delivery you know 24 48 hours even delivery. with mattresses they really expect oh, that? absolutely absolutely so furniture it's a little bit better now because everybody's late but mattresses yeah um, consumer who buy a mattress online expect it within five days so that might be i would say from a business standpoint my greatest part of advice from uh, an advisory standpoint um, talk to as many people as you can um, hear what they say don't listen to nobody it's your business it's your plan so listen to yourself your inner voice go for it um, and, and prove everything wrong you can hear everyone out. They're going to give you a lot of good advice, but ultimately um, you're in control and you decide. Yeah, amazing. So these are the closing words. Thanks, uh, Jeremiah, for uh, coming here today and sharing your story. And thanks everyone who watched us today or will listen to the podcast later. And if, if anyone wants to find your uh, products and your brand, where they should go, what's the website name? So polysleep.ca. Um, is uh, where I would suggest them to go to get information. Uh, we're getting into more and more stores everywhere across Canada. We also are available on, on Best Buy. We have an amazing product on Costco as well. So hopefully everywhere, but polysleep.ca would be the place where they should go first. Amazing. So we will put the link of your store and also the software tools uh, links. We will put these into the description. Perfect. And uh, thanks everyone again every week we come out with a new episode so stay tuned and uh, have a great day thank you daniel have a good one